0: the biggest lessons I've learned in my life are here. Through different topics, I'm going to inspire and motivate you to reach your success and your dreams. I'm so grateful that you're here on Journey to Success. So let's enjoy my next episode together. Hey, Katrin. Uh, Fabio here from the Fabio Podcast, from Failure to Success. How are you today?
1: I'm doing very well today. Thank you.
0: All right. So before we begin, I want to express my genuine happiness to have you here with us. It's uh, truly remarkable for me talking with people who achieve success in areas where many others give up, you know, making uh, maybe excuses. So today we specifically focus on the condition of morbid uh, obesity. Mm -hmm. But before we go into that, would you like to share a bit about your life before facing this uh, condition?
1: Well, um, I um, am originally from Michigan in the United States. And when Mm. I was 10 years old, my family moved to East Africa, And I came back to Michigan as a college student. I would say that it was the beginning of my journey towards obesity and that um, mine was related to stress and the hormonal changes that occurred as a relationship to that stress. And so starting from university, then going to medical school, then residency, getting married, having two children in three years, um, the combination left me an insulin-dependent diabetic and also uh, very overweight, and my body did not like it very much. And then what happened, I went into congestive heart failure from my pregnancy, and it was then that I, I really had to um, come to terms with my health. I was given a 50% chance of living five years, and that was 22 years ago. So clearly I was successful, (laughs) but, um, but, um, but it, it left me, uh, when trying to get help, I was often turned away and often made to feel very ashamed of how I was. And so I decided then, um, that if I had survived, if I survived everything, that I was going to start a practice where I could help other people who were in my situation, and in a way where they felt comfortable, where they felt that they weren't being judged. And in the process of do, of changing my health, I learned so much more than what I had in medical school. And I use that now. I became the doctor I needed. And I now help other people um, with their journey.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. So... Um evidently you maybe you just needed these uh, uh this whatever happened to you and now we're going to discover actually uh so you needed this uh, trigger to become the person that you are right now
1: yes it well it, it definitely the trigger to give me the purpose i needed give me the right purpose now. um i i've always wanted to be a doctor i've always wanted since i was 8 years old i've always wanted to help people um, And I've always felt that um I wanted to be the type of person that helped the whole person. And, and yes. I use what's called a biopsychosocial approach. And so it's important, yes, to focus on the biology. And that's what medical school is for. But then there's also the psychology, the psychological makeup of people and the social environment that we all live in that contributes to our lives that is really important to pay attention to. And so... I I do all of that. And I paid attention to all that, not just for other people, but also for myself. I still do that.
0: Wow. And uh, what was the cause? I mean, was more something uh, g- genetic or there was uh, some external trigger that mm-hmm. initiated uh, uh, this condition?
1: It was both. Um, both. As we can see with many things, it's a combination of nature and genetics. And also situa- situational. So um there are many, many, there are people who can gain weight, gain the same amount of weight that I did, yeah. who would not become diabetic. Um There are, but there are many people who probably would have been the exact same, well, there were people who were in the exact same stress, stressful situations that I was in, whose bodies did not react in a hormonal way. So they didn't gain the weight that I gained um, I've been doing this now for many years, over 20 years. And what I see is that you can take two people, you can feed them the exact Mm -hmm. same amount. You can have them doing the exact same amount of exercise and you'll see one person, one person will react one way and the other person will react another and that's genetics. And so that's where, um, it's almost like a, a, a perfect storm is created with the combination of your genetics in a certain environment that triggers everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I totally believe in this. I, but I, I as you said, it's, um, it's, it's both reasons, you mm-hmm. know, so I believe that it's about genetic, but I also believe that uh, we exaggerate as well. I can, I'm going to take myself as an example, right? So um, with my partner, okay, the first time uh, that we we met, we had different ways to, uh, to eat, different uh, habits. Mm-hmm. So there was um, the, the, the first year, the first year and half, we were uh, combining uh, uh, both habits, right? So I'm I'm Italian. She's a, a Dutch Capo Verde, And uh, here in the Netherlands, they, they eat at a certain time around six o'clock, um, maybe also five sometimes. Uh, and an Italian uh, person uh, used to eat in the evening at eight o'clock, alpha seven, well, South Italian person, maybe, and uh, and lunch also different. So they used to eat in brunch, uh, the, the brunch at eleven o'clock. I used to eat at one o'clock. So what we used to do after a while was truly combine the you know the the habits. But what I what we noticed after one year is that I was gaining weight, of course, um, kind of like six seven kilos more than I, I used to have. Uh, but she was the same, so didn't impact her her, um, her weight. So was very weird, you know. So at at that point is where you understand uh, uh, something about genetic, you know. Mm-hmm. That's truly something uh, uh, something from from gene mm-hmm. can't be different. Also, a man. Uh, I mean, uh, they say that men usually eats. Uh, they need more more food than 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 a woman mm-hmm. right uh but did not matter and uh right now uh after well uh, 3 years and half uh i sometimes uh, eat a little bit less for the brunch you know maybe she eats two breads and uh, i just one bread and uh, to be in line uh, you know at, that's truly where is the genetic Um, But as I said, I think it's not only that. I think there is also...
1: It's never uh, just genetics. However, what happens, I think what it is also, when people talk about behavior, they only talk about the mechanical behavior, meaning how much you eat. But what I'm talking about is talking about the drivers for appetite. That is definitely genetic what you, so there's there's three components so you have your biology but your biology also affects your what your body does with food yeah. but your relationship with food as well and your ability to avoid certain foods if you're only eating something out of habit it's very easy to then stop it but if you're eating out of your body telling you you need to eat it then it sets up cravings it sets up Uh, behavioral issues, and and it's a psychological thing. And so often what happens, particularly under stress, particularly with certain genetic components, particularly with hormones, is that it acts on your brain itself to make you eat. So it becomes more of a compulsion. Um, And so when we think of it in terms of other behaviors, we recognize it for what it is, But when it comes to food, somehow we tie it to a personal failing rather than it being the same reason that people smoke, the same reason people, you know, drink alcohol, the same reason people use drugs. It's the same thing. And that happens more than I think we realize. And mainly the reason we don't realize it is simply because of what it's tied to. When we think obesity, we tend to think It's more of a social construct and how we react to it. And so it's a combination of all things. What you described was biologic as well as social. Mm. And so, you know, it takes all of those things to control it. So what my feeling is that it may not be as much of an issue as people say it is, but it is definitely one of the ways to help control and get people under control and back to health or to health uh using that tools in order to control that aspect of weight gain it's a uh, it's
0: uh, it's interesting uh, um well back to my example you 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 say something true actually I'm a person who work from home uh all day. Mm-hmm. I only go out to, to do my 30 minutes or 40 minutes gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in my uh, empty times in the house, I uh, I used to eat mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, after one hour, maybe I used to take some chocolate and after two hours, maybe I used to take something else. And that's of course affect the body. Something that I'm doing right now, uh and it's clearly he- uh, helpful is uh, um um every time i'm i'm hungry i i just drink uh, water mm-hmm. and uh and then i'm i'm good for lunch and dinner so that's also something very important people don't talk so much about how much uh what, drink water is uh, uh, is important, you know. Mm-hmm. So and the people don't drink so much. I don't drink so much either. But I, I notice that it's very important to keep clean the body, but also to uh, to throw away uh, things that they are there, you know, and mm-hmm. they shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And That's a good help to to lose also weight. Or uh, am I wrong?
1: No, it is true. But what water does, it does a lot of different things. It helps your body to digest food better so that you absorb the nutrients from the food that you eat, so that it sends the message to your brain that you have eaten. Many times our cravings are based on things that we need, certain vitamins, micronutrients that we need. And so we crave certain things because that particular food has what our body needs. And what water does is it helps us Um, that helps those micronutrients, those vitamins, those minerals to become more available to us. And so that helps. the other is, like you mentioned, there's a mechanical component. When your stomach stretches, it sends another message to your brain saying that you've eaten, that you're full, and therefore to stop eating or to stop drinking. And so drinking water helps with that. It also helps flush the kidneys of toxins. It helps the liver. It helps digestion. I mean, avoiding and just getting all the extras left, you know, leftover out of the body. What water does not also, well, the other thing that water does is that it makes you hydrated. Sometimes when we're dehydrated, it sends a message to our brain that we're hungry instead of thirsty. And so being hydrated helps with that. However, what it doesn't do is when there's a central component being driven by hormones and being driven by uh, what I, what is called glucose dysregulation, our body's ability to determine how much we should eat, when we should eat, what we should eat. There is, um, our brain is very sensitive to certain chemicals and water will not change that. And so right. that's the only part where water won't play a role. But in every other aspect, yes, it plays a huge role.
0: But I mean, okay, 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 catch it. But I mean, in your case, uh, you mentioned something very important before. You said that in your case was, uh, yes, genetic, but also there was uh, an external trigger, as understood. Mm-hmm. So what was this uh, trigger, Catherine? in your so case? What did,
1: it was stress. So what stress does stress. in the body... Is it raises the cortisol, the hormone cortisol? And what cortisol does is it pushes the body towards diabetes. If you're already predispositioned through genetics, through other things to be diabetic, it will push you completely, it can push you completely into diabetes. And that's what happened to me. I have a very strong family history of diabetes. So the other thing that cortisol does, it starts starts a vicious cycle of making your body unable to regulate. The one thing that makes you gain weight. So, you gain weight, it makes that regulation worse. And so, your cortisol levels then go up even higher, which then makes it even worse. And it starts this very vicious cycle. And it's very hard to break because it's not related to muscle, it's not related to food, it's just related to your body's reaction to food. And so, once, so when trying to watch your eating and exercising and all these things, It doesn't work because the cause isn't because of eating too much. The cause isn't from not being active. The cause is hormonal. And so you have to go after the hormonal cause. And there's very few things that can do that. But learning to relax, learning how to handle stress, which many of us don't ever learn. And it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of time for your body to react in the way it's supposed to. And so for me, being in medical school, having small children, being married, being you know, it was just and having yeah. new jobs and you know, it was very, very difficult to find the space in order to relax. And so by the and then it gets to a point where you're too far gone. You're beyond the point where um your behaviors alone can bring you back. And that's where medication comes in. And I had gotten to that point.
0: before we go through if you're enjoying this podcast please consider taking just three seconds to share it with someone else it is a small gesture that could make a big difference in someone's day now sit back and enjoy the rest of the episode All right. Yeah. So you use um, medicines as well after a while, because it was too much to control this circle, mm-hmm. basically. You you want to to break it. Yes. And the, the decision to, uh, to take medicine uh, was right at the time, or if actually right now with your mindset that you have right now, maybe you would have reacted Differently or or it's something necessary in your opinion? It was very anyway.
1: necessary. One, it was necessary because I became pregnant. And being an uncontrolled diabetic with pregnancy, it's very difficult. because so pregnancy can also push you farther into diabetes. And so um I had to protect my baby.
0: And yeah. So of I course. went on
1: medication to protect my baby. But um, as a physician who treats diabetes, my feeling is always. Use all the tools at your disposal. Yes, there are ways you can do it that are difficult, but you, why make it difficult? So my feeling, the analogy I use is this, we could all walk to the store everywhere or walk and then carry our groceries back home. But many of us choose to drive there instead because it makes it easier to get there and easier to get back. If you decide you want to walk, then you slowly start building up your ability to do that and your tolerance, but nobody bothers. And it's the same thing with treatment. If you have a way of treating something so that the damage to your body is not continuous, and then you decide how you'd like to use other tools, that's fine. And in fact, when you treat something, those other tools are more effective and they're easier to do because the body's not fighting on so many different fronts anymore. And so, um, I'm, I'm always an advocate of treatment when necessary, uh, when treatment, when able, and then you work on the other things once you've got the main problem under control.
0: All right, all right. Well, when you um you are pregnant, you said uh, that you had a pregnancy related congestive heart failure as well, correct? Yes. Mhm. All right. So and of course this uh condition was uh, related to um uh to to the weight.
1: Possibly. It definitely my weight definitely made it worse. Uh the more weight you carry, the more work your heart has to do. And so right. I knew that once you have congestive heart failure, there, the heart repairs itself or it doesn't. I couldn't control what happened to my heart. but And I could control my diabetes up to a point, but I knew I could try and lose weight. I knew the only thing I could focus on at that point was my weight. And so I knew that diabetes and weight are tied together. And so I worked really, really hard to get my diabetes under control with diet I couldn't exercise because of my heart but I used medication and I used diet and eventually I lose lost weight to the point where I was able to come off the medication
0: All right well um what was the 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 I mean what what did you feel uh, with the the congestive heart failure like what was the the feeling it was like um, a regular heartbeat, uh, what was it?
1: It was shortness of breath. It felt like I was drowning when okay. awake. Wow.
0: Um,
1: it would, my lungs were filling with, fl- fill. when you have congestive heart feel, the type that I have, your lungs fill with fluid. And so you get very, very short of breath very, very easily. So at that time, you know, I couldn't stand up and brush my teeth at the same time. I couldn't walk and carry my baby at the same time. Um, I just didn't have the physical capacity to do a lot of what we take for granted. Well, no, yeah, sorry. Go, go, Katrin. No, I was just going to say that, you know, when your heart starts to fail, it affects every single other organ system in your body, including your brain, including your moods, everything.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, uh, you had a different issue, I think. After a while, you just decide. Uh, you know what? I am done. I, I I want to lose weight. I think it was something like that, or was more a process, a step by step, that made you decide to to lose weight. So it was more a trigger that uh, say to you, you know what? I'm gonna lose weight, or was more uh, a slow process.
1: Well, it was a trigger. I I well, this is the thing that happened. Um, I knew I could, o- o- losing weight was the only thing I could control. Everything yeah. else was out of my control and out of, so, and I, what triggered was that I had two babies and I wanted to see them oh, grow right. up and I was being told that I may never see them grow up. And so I focused on my weight, but I focused really on getting my diabetes under control if as best I could. Um, I wasn't doing the cooking, grocery shopping, or any of that. My husband took comp- had to take over everything. And, you know, so he was very strict. But even with his strictness of c- keeping my food the way it should be, it only did so much. Um, I realized also at that time as a physician, I, I, I test for this a lot and I treat it a lot, that I was severely depressed which is common after pregnancy, which is also common with heart disease. And so I decided to start also by treating my depression. And so the combination of treating my depression gave me the motivation and the discipline I needed to then focus on my diabetes, to then focus on my weight loss, and then got me to a point where I could, um, where I started improving physically, yeah. my heart started improving
0: Okay, so it was a combination of uh, of different things that put mm-hmm. you out from this circle, as yes. understood. I mm-hmm. think especially the children, I think that that was maybe the, the main reason, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. It was. And the other, though, is at that time, we did not have the medications we have now to help with yeah. obesity. Had I had those things for me then, I would have used them. I just didn't have them then. They didn't start, they didn't come into, uh, this was in 2001, they became medication in 2005. They didn't become pretty well known. I didn't start using them as a doctor until about 2013, 2014. And so I know we talk a lot about them now, but we've actually been using them for years and years. And so when when I started having issues, as I started getting older, it became harder and harder for me to keep my diabetes under control. So when I had to go back on medication to keep my diabetes under control, I used what are now called the the GLP-1s or the peptides. Um, That actually unexpectedly made me lose a lot of weight. Um, This was long before it was actually using those medications for diabetes that made us realize how effective they were with weight loss.
0: Okay. And this was
1: many years. This was over 10 years ago.
0: Okay, super. Well, you went through a lot, but I mean, you are a new woman now, right? Yes. <laughs> so who is who is now Catherine uh, uh, Toomer? Catherine Toomer, right? Yes, Catherine Toomer. All right. Right so, now who what are I you? am
1: is I am very, very, very passionate about helping people maximize their health through weight loss. And I'm very passionate about not in people not feeling ashamed by what they, the tools yeah. they need to use in order for that to happen. As long as they are healthy tools, as long as it's done in a healthy way and it is for their health, it is very important that we provide an environment where people can do that without feeling ashamed. And that is who Catherine Tumor is right now. I'm still <laughs> a mom. My daughters have, I watched my daughters graduate from college and now on to their ah, master's degrees.
0: That's great.
1: So I've been married 30 years and you know, which is, you know, the fact that I've lived long enough for that to happen. Um, I, you know, I am basically, I'm essentially living the life I said I would live if I survived what I did survive. And that's where I am right now.
0: Lovely. Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your, um, your powerful story, really. Uh, before we conclude, is there anything else you would you like to, to add or say to the people?
1: that for everyone's journey is different and that whatever your journey is, whatever you have to do, you just give yourself grace and understand and not compare yourself to someone else in their journey that you have to to fit within your life and how your life is and what's best for you.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Catherine.
1: Really thanks (laughs) and and, uh, and take care. (laughs) And thank you for having me
0: here we are. Congratulations. You just finished my entire episode. So the only thing I ask is to take a moment to give Journey to Success a rating. By the way, thank you so much for being here on Journey to Success. I'm very grateful. Thank you and see you next time.